0: High above the beautiful Buckhead District of Atlanta, this is your transgender scientist, Dana Jeanette Bevan. Etiquette for transgender people can make the difference between life and death, and between health and sickness. Studies show a 65% reduction in suicide attempts if a transgender person can use their chosen name in at least one context. They also show a 71% reduction in reactive depression and a 34% reduction in suicidal thinking. These reductions are significant given that the base rate of suicide attempts among transgender people is about 40%. Transgender etiquette is evolving rapidly as transgender people achieve tolerance and acceptance in different parts of public life. So those of you who know something about transgender etiquette should see this episode as an update. Even if you don't agree or don't understand about someone being transgender, the practical reality is that in order to have successful communication with a trans person, you need to be careful not to offend them. You would do this with others as well, but transgender people are a little different. Words are very important to a transgender person. Many words provoke negative emotions and should be avoided. Transgender people had usually worked hard to find and manage their gender category, preferred name, pronouns, and form of address. They become committed to these and contradicting this commitment results in hurt feelings. Proper selection and use of words will make transgender people feel better and interactions will be more effective. Following proper etiquette for transgender people involves some relearning, which takes time and effort. Transgender people cannot expect others to make immediate changes because the incorrect behaviors have been too well practiced. It's like demanding that a person learn a new way of riding a bicycle without falling or learning a new language without making mistakes. When I correct someone for the first time, I always say, some transgender people would be very offended by what you just said, but I'm a teacher and I'll help you learn how not to offend them. If I sense that a person is not making the effort or is deliberately offending a transgender person, that's a different situation, and I do regard it as aggressive, offensive behavior. But I always start from a place where I believe that people do not want to offend transgender people or anyone else for that matter. So what are the rules of transgender etiquette or rules of the road? First of all, there are words to avoid. Transgenders with an S on the end, transgendered with an ED on the end should not be used. The word transgender is an adjective, as in transgender people or transgender rights. It's not a noun or a verb, since it's not a noun that can't have a plural, such as transgenders. Transgendered has the connotation that something was done to a person to make them transgender. Transgender people have several taboo words that should also not be used. These include transvestite, post-op, pre-op, he, she, shim, it, and tranny. The word transvestite has the meaning that being transgender is motivated by the sexual arousal that accompanies cross-dressing. This claim has been refuted by scientific studies, but it's still widely believed. As we learned in a previous podcast, some people want you to view gender through the eyes of sex, those in the heterogenderist hate groups. SHIM is a combination of she and him used for microassaults, similar to she-he. They, they, along with it, are commonly used in street or criminal talk to verbally attack transgender people. Pre-op and post-op refer to those who have had or have not had genital plastic surgery as part of transition. Transgender people are offended by, because their private anatomy is no business of yours. You wouldn't ask a man in public if he's been circumcised or a woman if she's had a boob job. If you must know, only about 2% of transgender people ever get transgender genital plastic surgery. GPS is not the ultimate goal of transsexual transition for most people. The goal is to feel like one's body is aligned with one's congruent gender behavior category. Probably the most controversial taboo word for transgender people is the word tranny. It started out being a term of endearment, then became a taboo word, was rehabilitated, and now is again a taboo word. The reason for all this waffling is is that it has been used in transgender pornography, and more recently in sensationalist media. My suggestion is not to use the word unless you are transgender, and even then, be sure that it doesn't offend those present. Gender identity disorder and gender dysphoria are controversial terms because they imply that transgender people have a disease that makes them behave the way they do. Gender identity disorder has been deleted from the official American Psychiatric Association list of diseases, Gender dysphoria was added to the list as a non-pathological category so that there would be a billing category for medical treatment of transgender people. But this is a new rehabilitated use for the term. The term gender dysphoria actually has a long history in pathology. These terms are thrown around in the media and in public conversations by transgender people and others because mental health professionals have passed these psychiatric terms on. Transgender people are in the process of repurposing these words to mean something non-pathological, just as they repurpose the word transgender itself. Closer reading of the description of both GID and GD, that is gender identity disorder and gender dysphoria, reveals that the terms do not apply unless a transgender person becomes disabled or is in severe distress because of being transgender. That doesn't apply to 90% of transgender people. The other 10% who are transitioning must see a mental health professional to be screened for transgender genital plastic surgery. This is not for treatment of being transgender. So being transgender is in no way pathological. Pronouns A polite person will always ask for a transgender person's preferred pronouns at the beginning of their conversation. Many transgender people will prefer traditional pronouns, he, she, or him and her, depending on their congruent gender behavior category, not their birth sex. You might be able to guess from the person's gender presentation what their pronouns are, but again and again, you might be wrong and hurt their feelings, so it's better to ask. Increasingly, the convention in many business and academic meetings, particularly those involving younger people, they to go around the room and ask each person to introduce themselves and identify their preferred pronouns. It's not just due to potential transgender participation. Some women see conventional pronouns as heterosexist and that they encourage or maintain male superiority, so they don't like them. There are a dozen or so alternative gender-neutral pronoun systems like z-her instead of he-him or she-her, but none has reached general acceptance. In the, in the case of z-her, her is spelled h-i-r, not h-e-r. You can find a table of these in Wikipedia under Neutral Gender Pronouns. People using alter, alternative gender pronouns should expect to provide help to most people in using these words. One gender-neutral pronoun convention has found acceptance, and that's the use of the third-person plural, as in they and them, This convention has been advocated by journalists, notably in the Washington Post and New York Times. The American Dialect Society named gender-neutral they the word of the year in 2015, so it has achieved some formal acceptance. In direct conversation, however, only use it if the transgender person specifies it, which they sometimes do. Deliberately using the wrong gender pronouns is a form of verbal assault, the term for this is misgendering. Repeated misgendering can result in psychological as physical damage. It's regarded as contributing to a hostile school or workplace environment, which create legal liabilities for organizations. It's legally banned in New York City because micro assaults can lead to violence. There are certain questions that you should not ask of transgender people. First, don't ask them if they are transgender. Let them tell you first. Next, don't spend an entire conversation with a transgender person merely asking about transgender terms. A few minutes of episode one of this series should give you all the information you need. Do not ask a transgender person there about their real or previous name. Many transgender people are still in secrecy or in partial secrecy and do not want to reveal this information. Some don't want to use it because their previous names might bring up bad memories and their new name symbolizes progress and transition. Transgender people sometimes refer to their previous name as their dead name, which gives you a sense of how they feel about it. Don't ask about when a transgender person became a girl or a woman or a boy or man. Most all transgender people know their congruent gender behavior category from early childhood. As they remember it, they've always been a man or a woman, depending on their congruent gender behavior category. They may have spent some time behaving in the other gender category because of secrecy, but they have always known what gender fits that with them. Don't say that you're sorry that a person is transgender. They may have had hard economic or social experiences due to cultural rejection, which may warrant an expression of sympathy as it would for any other people. However, there's no reason to be sorry the person is transgender. It results from a biological predisposition that cannot be changed. In fact, many transgender people are proud because they have unique experiences, which others do not. Most would not want to take the cure if there was one. Do not refer to being transgender as a conscious lifestyle choice. Psychology research clearly shows there's no such thing as a conscious choice because any choice is made well before conscious awareness. Our subconscious mechanisms do the deciding, including which gender behavior category fits best. Consciousness, if it exists at all, is just along for the ride. Being transgender is no more conscious than the predisposition to be left-handed or to be good at math or music. Do not assume that a transgender person is into drag. Do you love RuPaul? How about that local drag show? Most drag performers, in fact, are gay men and are not transgender. Just because they're transgender, do not compliment people about their appearance. But if you genuinely like aspects of their appearance, then go ahead. A group of us were recently in a restaurant when an apparent cisgender woman came up and said that we all looked good. In doing so, she outed us to the rest of the patrons. The question in our minds was, why wouldn't we look good? Finally, how should one handle inadvertent mistakes in etiquette? I suggest you sincerely apologize and demonstrate that you can follow the correct practice as soon as possible. Remember that we all fell off the bicycle when we were learning. What's important is to get back on and keep trying to do the right thing. The next episode will be a short history of transgender people. How did we get to here? In the 20th century there were three independent initiatives. One, medical advocacy for transsexual people. Two, the civil rights movement on the street. And three, formation of transgender support groups. Where and how did they intersect?